Good morning. All right. Kids that usually go to junior church, you're welcome to make your way to the back now, and uh, your teacher will meet you there in the back. Okay. Um, just one other announcement. Directions for the Sunday school pic- or the church picnic this afternoon. If you don't know where the Morrisons live, Garth and Denise are sitting in the very back there. You can ask them how to find their house. I think they can tell you that much. If if you don't catch them before they leave, I have a map in the back that will give you directions there, so uh, avail yourselves of that. We're going to turn this morning to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. While you're turning, I would like to say thank you for your prayers for my recovery there. I have this on just for protection today. I've been given a clean bill of health on that. Uh, that The doctor or the physical therapist actually said out of the last 20 patients, he'd put me at the top for recovery. And I'd like to say that that's because I followed the doctor's directions to a T, but some of you wouldn't believe that. (laughs) So uh, I I have to attribute that to prayer. Uh, God's been good. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. You husbands likewise live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman, and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. As Paul Harvey used to say, now for the rest of the story. We we looked at the first part last week of God's commands to the wives there, and now he takes us to the men. And the question that we want to look at is, men is, how can we best glorify God through our home? and our home situation there. What does God expect of Christian husbands today? I realize it's only one verse. It gives us about five minutes of material here. Uh, Well, actually not. Somebody asked, why is there six verses for the wives and only one for the men? And the conclusion I came to on that is that uh, men don't listen very well. So why put it all in there if you're not going to listen? Uh, it, 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 it takes men just, they're, they're a little bit slow to get the message. It takes them a longer to, they don't remember. So uh, I, I think uh, maybe that's the reason there. We'll let you decide after we're done here today. It is an area of concern today. Many men are absentee fathers. They're not there for their family. They either are so busy with uh, business or work or whatever, or else they are completely out of the home. We have so many children being raised that, you know, you teach them the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, they have no concept of what you're talking about because the Father has been absent. Others take the viewpoint, I'm the boss, I'm in charge here, the wife is to do what I say. If you fall into either one of those categories, you better listen to what Peter has to say this morning. Because it's entirely, God expects something entirely different of us than what the world does. He gives three commands in this little verse. The first one is very simply, husbands, serve your wife. Want me to repeat that? Or do we just go to the next one? We, we all got that down? Okay, no. Serve your wife. How do I get that out of this verse? Uh, I, I thought the husband was to be the head of the home. Isn't the wife supposed to serve the husband? I want you to notice he begins with that little word, likewise. It takes us back in our thinking, not to verses 1 through 6. Don't go back and see what God said to the wives here. It takes us clear back to chapter 2, verse uh, 
21, where he says, For you have been called for this purpose since Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. That likewise refers us back to the fact that we are to copy, we are to be a living example of Jesus Christ to those that are watching our lives. Christ came as a servant. He came to give his life a ransom for many. And that's what he calls us to do in, in Ephesians chapter 5. He starts out in verse 21 with the idea that we are to be submissive to one another in the fear of the Lord. Husbands and wives, both. Not, not just the wife there, but he includes both of us in that. And then he, that's worked out differently in each of our lives. But he goes on to say, men, you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. That involves service as well. As we model Christ, we will be a servant in the home. Matthew chapter 10, verse 43, Jesus said, but it is not, in in verse 42, the disciples are arguing who's going to be the greatest and, and so forth. Jesus said, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. It is not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great amongst you shall be servant. Whoever wishes to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many there. Now let's, as we look at that, get practical for a few minutes. Do we really desire to glorify Christ, or do we want to be in charge? Do we want to be number one? Uh, Thinking of that in in practical areas, men, did you seek to serve your wife this week? Whose needs were first in your thinking, yours or hers? Did you demand your way, your comforts, or did you seek to minister to her needs? Uh, I, I could. I'm going to be careful here because I notice the wives are taking notes. <laughs> but uh, when you've had a busy day and you were both tired and you came to the end of the day, who did the dishes? <laughs> yeah, few of you aren't going to own up to that. But I wonder how many times we say, "Well, that's her responsibility." Uh, men, how serious are you? about your wife's honeydew list. You know, got a list of projects you'd like to see done around the house and so forth. And if we're not careful, we, uh, we file that in the trash can. Or are we serious about serving our wife and, and meeting the needs that, that she has there? And, and like I said, I could go on and on, but uh, the wives are listening in, so uh, I'll let the Holy Spirit work on you in, in, in those areas. It was Dr. Alvin Austin from Laternal College who said, in one of his letters when he was president of the college, he said, some men measure greatness by the number of people that serve them. God measures greatness, he went on to say, by the number of people we serve. Are we servants? Are we seeking to serve or are we demanding our own way there? Husbands, he said, I want you to serve your wife. The second area that he brings to our attention here is we are to seek men to understand our wives. Peter puts it here, live in an understanding way. Perhaps that's closer to 
what we can expect than, than to seek to understand your wife. But uh, if I put it that way, then it doesn't start with S, so we'd forget it quicker. Uh, Paul Tournier, a Swiss theologian and psychiatrist, said in the little book To Understand Each Other, said, no man can ever fully understand a woman, nor a woman a man. Think of that for a minute. No man can ever fully understand a woman, nor a woman a man. We're, we're wired different. We're made different. Uh, and yet that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Uh, I, I think, as I think, I thought of that statement over the years, I think women do a better job at that than men do. I, 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 I just That's just part of their nature, I, I, I think. But that doesn't mean we, we shouldn't try. We have different roles. We have different responsibilities. We shouldn't be fighting those differences. Men, you shouldn't be trying to get your wife to be like you, to fit into your image. That's not the way God made her. God made her to be different, to be a complement, to be a helpmeet in, in the home there for different reasons and different purposes there. Don't try to force your wife to think like you or to act like you. Rather seek to understand. You know, the only way I know that we can understand the differences is if we take the time to listen. How many times have you heard your wife say, you never listen to me? Uh, wives wouldn't say that, would they? Not, not our wives, anyhow. But, uh, you know, sometimes to listen, you got to put the newspaper down or the book that you're reading. You can't do both at the same time. Uh, sometimes if, if you're really going to listen to what's on your wife's heart, you may need to turn the game off. How are you going to know who wins the game? Well, it'll be on there afterwards. <laughs> Take the time to listen. Do, do you know what her needs are? Do you know what's important to her? Are you seeking to understand her? I, I think of simple areas like uh, flowers. How many of you men like to get flowers? No. That you do? Okay. A few of you do. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't mean get them for your wife. I mean get them for yourself personally. No, that, that's not in our thinking, is it? But it is in our wives. And so we need to understand that and, and seek to meet her needs there. Uh, why is it important? Notice he goes on to say in verse 7, she is what? A weaker vessel. Now, I don't know why Peter put that in there. Uh, I, I think he put it in there to make life hard for pastors. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, you're skating on thin ice when you, when you talk about that. I, I, I think the word, as I read it and think about it and study it, the word weaker can also be translated more delicate or more refined. Remember when God made Adam uh, and Eve, I, I think God looked at Adam and he said, I can do better than that. <laughs> and, and, and so he took a rib and he fashioned Eve out, out of that process. Uh, we are different, and God made us different for a reason. I remember one time when we were pastors in Murdo, we had a, a group, I think we had invited two couples over the house, and, and uh, my wife was going to put on a fancy meal for them, and, and uh, actually she had our son cater the meal, he, he loved to cook, and, and so she said, would you cater a meal for us, and, and so we came, and he catered and served the meal, and, and uh, part of, in part of the process, she, she had these little tiny china teacups that we were supposed to drink out of. 
And uh, as the, whether it was tea or coffee that we served in them, but as it was served, the men had a hard time with that. I know you can't even get your fingers through the, to, to, to hold the cup right. And finally, she noticed that and she said to one of the men, would you like a regular cup? And that, that solved the problem. The women were fine with it, but, but the men weren't. That, uh, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, he speaks of the fact that he who findeth a wife findeth good and obtaineth favor from the Lord. Do you recognize that? That here God has brought something good, something precious into your life. Uh, Tim LaHaye tells the story of a man that he went to visit uh, from his church that uh, was going through the process of divorce. It was one of his hunting partners, actually, and as, as they were together, the man was looking at Tim's rifle, and he had used it and hadn't cleaned it. And he started to go on and on, how in the world can you treat something as valuable as a rifle like this and, and leave it so dirty? And, and uh, Tim couldn't help but comment, and how in the world can you treat something as valuable as your wife the way you're treating her? Makes you stop and think. Uh, are we, we seeking to understand or are we taking our wife for granted here? How, how, do you, how did you demonstrate your love in a practical way this week? You can't leave, Bill, because I'm not finished. <laughs> and your wife's not here to take notes, is she? <laughs> oh, is she? Okay, there she is. All right, you, you take, Evelyn, you better take notes here. The third, third area is show your wife honor or respect now. There is no place in a Christian home or a Christian marriage for a, a chauvinistic attitude. Why do we show her honor? He said, because she is a fellow heir of the grace of God. What does that mean? In Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, it says, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And as you read that passage and you see what God is saying in that, he is saying, as Peter puts it together here, the ladies are just as important as the men before the throne of God. They, they uh, have equal honor before the throne of God. I realize they have different roles and responsibilities, but they are just as important to the Lord. Don't get the feeling I'm more important because I'm a man. That's not what Scripture says. It says they are fellow heirs of the grace of God. Last week we looked at the fact, or I skipped the fact, I should say that, that Sarah called Abraham Lord there. Have you ever noticed what Sarah means? It means princess. Men, did you treat your wife this week like a queen? Did you honor her? Did you show her that respect? Think back to your courtship, many of you did during those days, but did those common courtesies get set aside and you, you no longer remember them? Well, she's able to open the car door herself or she's able to get her own share of whatever it is. Do, do we, have we lost that sense of honor and respect there? Why is this such a serious passage? Notice he goes on to say here that your prayer life may not be hindered there. The way you treat your wife affects your prayer ministry. The, the way you treat your wife has some practical implications as far as your relationship with 
one another is concerned, but with the Lord as well. And ultimately, it affects your testimony for Jesus Christ. Remember, he started this whole passage dealing with how should we live in this world. How, how, should, how can we demonstrate the glory of Christ? How can we show the excellencies of Jesus Christ, back in chapter 2, verse 9, to the world in which we live? So ultimately, if you want your life to be a testimony for Jesus Christ, you need to evaluate, men, how you're doing in these areas. Are you seeking to be served, or are you seeking to be a servant? How are you doing that in practical ways? We, we can talk about it in theory, but how does it play out on a day-by-day basis in your home? Are you te- seeking to understand your wife? Are you really listening are you seeking to meet her needs, or do your needs come first? I remember years ago, and this took, this was told to us probably 30 or years later than it actually happened there, but you could still sense there was a little bit of hurt in, in, the, in the story there. A, a couple back in our church in Okaton, South Dakota, was uh, they, they were joking about it, but I don't think the wife was really joking about it. It, they they had started, actually they took over uh, the, the farm from their parents, or his parents. They lived in a house, an old farmhouse, had been there for years. It did not have running water in it. No, no uh, water coming in, no drain going out. All the water had to be packed in. The wastewater had to be packed out. And uh, as time went on with several small children, that became a major job for the wife to see that there was enough water in the house and that the water was packed out because he was busy with the farm and so forth. The year came when they had an abundant crop. I don't know whether it was uh, the calves that they were selling or whether it was the grain crop, but he, he said, I am going to town and I'm going to have a surprise for you when I come home. Now, in the back of her mind, she's thinking, I'm finally going to get a kitchen sink. Finally going to get some water in the house. They had a well on the property. They just hadn't run the line into the house. They didn't have a sink, so why run the line into the house? And so he comes home, and he says, I have something to show you. And she's all excited. She's going to get her indoor plumbing first time in their married life, and she goes out, and there sitting on the trailer is a brand-new tractor. <laughs> He said, we had all of this extra money come in. We have to invest it so that we don't have to pay taxes. There went her hopes of plumbing for the year. Did he understand her need? I don't think so. Did, did he listen to what she wanted? No, he didn't. He, they were a Christian couple, but he put his interests above hers. Do you really appreciate your wife? And are you honoring her as a fellow heir of the grace of God? This is an important area. As we come to the Lord's table today, we are encouraged to examine our hearts before the Lord. I think as we look at the last two weeks, the the different admonitions there, and these relate not just to those that are married, they can be applied in other areas of life as well. How are we doing? Are we... Fulfilling God's pattern so that somebody, whether it's our family members, our kids, our 
Our neighbors looking at us, can they see a glimpse of the excellencies of Jesus Christ? Are we living these principles out today so that we are revealing the glory of the Lord to those that need to see it? Let's take a moment in prayer, shall we? Our Father in heaven, this is a tough area because we are different as day and night from one another. And yet, our desire is to glorify you. So give us the courage to search our hearts. And if we've stumbled in some of these areas, give us the courage to say, I'm sorry, to deal with it, and to move on to the glory of Jesus Christ. Father, we truly want to demonstrate your excellency to our generation. We pray that you would help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we read these words. I received from the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Same way also after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Did you notice what he said? Jesus served us, gave himself, willingly let his life be taken away from him for us. And then he says, go and do thou likewise. We might say, well, that's, that's too hard. I, I, I like to be served rather than to serve. That's not the question. The question is, are we copying Jesus Christ? If you're visiting with us today, we'd like to invite you to the Lord's table with us. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you're invited to join us. We would ask that you hold the elements till everyone has been served, and then we'll partake of the elements together. I'm going to ask the men to come forward at this time. We read the Lord Jesus, when he's betrayed, took bread. John, would you turn thanks for the bread?
get you all of it. After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. We've just been reminded of that with Liz playing there. Uh, it's his blood that makes a difference in our life. Merritt, would you return thanks for the cup?
Stand as we close and close the song. It's just blood that cleanses me.